guys and welcome to today's live stream we're going to be talking all about antalgic posture that position where you've you've got some back pain and you're stood in sort of that wonky position why is it happening why may it not be necessarily so good and why is it sometimes so difficult to straighten yourself up when you are in the throes of back pain so hopefully you guys can find this really really helpful as always we've got lara the other side of the camera she's going to be taking down your questions for the q a section at the end of the live stream so if it's questions about the topic today if it's questions about your back pain your sciatica or anything related to those sorts of things, then please do post those in the comments and we'll get to those towards the back end of today's live stream. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. We go live every single weekday and we always do these Q and A's as a service, as a way of you guys getting a little bit more help for your back pain, especially given current the current climate. It can sometimes be more difficult to get the help that you need. So come onto these live streams, ask us questions, because the sooner we can get the right answers for our back pain, the sooner we can start doing the right things to get it better. So with that being said, we'll get into today's topic. So, antalgic posture. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about this. I've got some diagrams on the board today, guys. So if you do have any questions on what we're talking about on the diagrams uh, or what I talk about, then please do post those in the comments. But essentially, antalgic posture is, is one of those things where you're kind of stood crooked. Maybe you wake up in the morning or you've had that back injury and you wake up and you're kind of shifted off to the one side. You're not able to really straighten up. It Sometimes it's not even something that you're consciously doing. You're just unable to square yourself off. You look in the mirror and you think, why on earth am I leaning off to the side? and there is a reason for this and commonly it's going to happen if we've got some inflammation in the lower back it may be a disc bulge that's one of the easy examples that I'm going through here today but any sort of injury in that lower back that's creating inflammation in an area we have to remember that the inflammation is excess fluid in what is going to be a confined space in that lower back and therefore that's going to create a sort of a block if you will that as soon as we try and square ourselves off and bring everything and our structure in our spine back to a neutral position it's going to close in on certain spaces to bring them back to normal and if maybe we've slept a little bit funny or leaning off to one side in our, in, in our sleep it's going to be difficult to straighten back up because as soon as those holes get smaller as I've got a little diagram down here, we put pressure on those nerves and we just can't do it. We can't bring ourselves to do that. And it's then difficult to know, hmm, is this antalgic posture actually helping me or is it becoming a hindrance to the recovery? And as we'll find out in a moment, quite often, the antalgic posture, the, that, that sort of crooked back is actually uh, making things worse from a loading point of view and not really advantageous uh, for us in the, in the short, medium or long term. So we want to try and stretch, uh, stre straighten it out. There's a few little strategies for doing that, which I'll get into in the back end of today's live. Um, but let's go through it on the board first and foremost. Now, I've got a few diagrams. These are all kind of related. They're one in the same sort of picture here. We've got the... Uh, the, the, the disc from the side, sorry, from looking straight through it. So we've got the right-hand side and the left-hand side here. And then we've got looking top down, so looking through the top of your head, so to speak, to what's happening with this being the back. And then we've got that put in situ in the, uh, in the actual spinal column itself with the purple bits being the vertebra. Now, of course, this is a little bit over-exaggerated in my drawing of the, the, the last part just over here. This is a little bit of an over-exaggeration with regards to the movement at one particular vertebral level or intervertebral level, but you guys will get the picture. Now, first and foremost, what we're seeing is maybe we've got a strain. Some of the ligaments around here in the what's called the annulus fibrosus of the disc have been strained. Maybe you were gardening yesterday. Maybe you had some heavy lifting to do moving house or something like that over the last couple of days and you've strained that disc and it's caused the, the, the continuous 
ligaments, if we draw those on, which should be on this side here, some of those have become damaged or weakened, and maybe they've damaged a bit here. They're still ha hanging in there, those, those ones on the side there, but we've got some damage through these ligaments, and now they're really being stretched out. This, this bulge is bulging out through there. Now, the problem with that, first and foremost, is that sometimes the squaring off of this, the bringing these sides back towards the center, puts pressure on this particular part of the disc that's in the wrong place. And again, we have to remember, this is the gel of the disc. This is the fluid. Fluid is non-compressible. The very function of these discs is that we have a nice central fluid portion that will, that will, that will not that will not actually completely collapse because it's held in place by continuous ligaments through here. So when it moves out to the side, this is a change in the structure. Our bones often as well, rather than being flat, they have a slight depression in the middle where the disc actually will, will slightly deform the bone over time. When this becomes extreme, it's called a nuclear impression. It's the nucleus impresses upon the bone. But now this little gap that in the bone here that's created a little bit more space in the bony architecture for the disc to sit nicely in situ when the discs are flat on top of one another, it's not got that here. So as these two edges here start to come into contact with one another or start to press down, there's a bit of disc there that shouldn't be there. And then, oh, we lean away from that very, very quickly because it shouldn't be there. It's messing up where our brain thinks our back is. Then there's some pain happening there and we want to be mindful of that. Now that's option number one. So we lean off to the left-hand side away from that side. But the process of leaning off to that left-hand side, and this could be the other way as well, is that we stretch all of these structures here. And you'll know, because we've mentioned it before, that sustained stretch on the ligaments will cause them to lengthen. It will cause them to stretch or creep. And this part of the disc here is ligamentous in nature. So when we've got that antarctic wash, we really want to try and square you off sooner rather than later so that we stop weakening the ligaments in these discs here. Now, when we look at it from top down, we can see the ligaments sort of are in, in, encircling the disc like so. And again, we're seeing the same picture here, but they're driving backwards. So then we also have a forward lean. So that forward lean is also helping to take pressure off the back part of the disc, which is why we do it, which is why you get stuck in that position and unable to square off. So that's kind of building further on this particular part. And again, those, those little indents in the vertebral bodies, they're never purely straight flat, really, when you look at them on x-rays. There's always a little bit of a, a gentle bump on the inside or the, the, the disc side of the, of the vertebral body. But again, we're going to lean forwards. This is going to create a bit of trouble or has the potential to create a little bit of trouble as we straighten back off. So that's sort of the, the intradiscal issue. Well, what if it's not a disc? What if it's somewhere out of there? Maybe this isn't quite this bad. Maybe we've just uh, irritated the facet joints or something like that. Uh, now, the reality is you can't really, in the lower back, injure one structure. If we've injured the disc, we must have injured other ligaments and things in that spine, and the facets must also be under strain, and vice versa, because the nature of our body is that we're not, it, it's so much more intelligently created, we're not actually just using uh, one structure to resist one range of motion. We covered the other week about the hips and the fact that there's numerous muscles around there that all work in tandem with one another to allow movement or to control movement. And the spine is the same. We have numerous ligaments and small muscles and tendons and, and etc. around this section of our spine and they all re uh, restrict and protect one another and pre-stress one another. So in order to injure one structure, we must have injured others as well. That whole segmental control must have failed. And what we find here now is this is this antalgic posture that we've got here. We've got compression on the front of the disc because this is like a little seesaw with a pivot in the middle 
if this side lifts up, this side has to squash down. And what we now have is we're creating more space because ultimately it's the excess inflammation, generally speaking, that occurs around here that is irritating that nerve and giving us those pain signals. Nine times out of 10, you won't actually feel that this is occurring until it, until it protrudes far enough through, the, through the, dis, the, the annular layers. So a lot of people will have some minor form of this without feeling any pain because that is an enclosed environment. We do not know what's going on in there. This is why people go, oh, well, I was, I was doing fine until you know, two weeks ago, and now I'm stood wonky. You know, but you've been doing things for an extended period of time, not aware because our brains do not need to know what's going on in the inner sort of uh, three quarters of this disc. They only start to know when it gets out to here that there's something going on. So you may have been weakening that disc, weakening that disc without knowing, and then all of a sudden it goes. I use the example of a bucket. If you've got a bucket and you're constantly pouring drops in every day, and you've been doing that for six years, and then all of a sudden you do the last drop and it overflows, you think, oh, it was the last drop that caused the puddle, when in actual fact, it's the fact that it's been dripping for six years into that bucket. That, is, that has led to the flood or the, the, the leak rather than a one-off event of one drop adding in. And that's how these things build up. And then all of a sudden you're in that crooked position. So that crooked position is taking pressure off the nerve here by creating more space because the inflammation, as we've mentioned before, in this finite hole that's like that, we've got the nerve, which will be the pen. If we've got a hole that's that big and we've got a lot of inflammation filling the gap, then as we make the hole bigger, we decrease the pressure in that hole. And that's why many patients will come into the clinic. Many of you will, if you've ever had an antalgic posture or been crooked, you'll know you're leaning forward slightly. It's very, very unlikely that you will be stood upright um, or, or leaning backwards excessively because that makes this hole smaller. But why is this a problem? The reason it's a problem is because in order for us to open out the space here, which is what we want to do, which is what we're stuck doing, we're then compressing through here. And as we compress through the front of this disc, it drives more of a direction backwards in that disc material, further stressing the weakened ligaments that are over here because they're stretched, they're weakened. Maybe we've got a bit of a twist as well. And if you've watched any of our other live streams, you'll know that a twist with compression and forward bending and muscular activation is a really good way to make a disc really bad really quickly. Then all the ligaments that we've discussed on previous live streams that run along here, along the back part of the vertebrae, of which there are many, there's many more on the back part of our spine than on the front part of our spine. Those are all being stretched and compromised by this extended forward bending position. So therefore, the antalgic posture in of itself is understandable. It's understandable why we're doing it, but it is making the situation worse when it comes to actually resolving the underlying problem of back pain. So what do you do about it? Now we talk about this uh, in a lot of detail in the back in shape, uh, in the membership, etc. cetera, uh, but we're talking about keeping the hips mobile, we're talking about doing core engagement, etc. but those don't specifically relate to antalgic posture. The one that is really helpful for the antalgic posture, which will be difficult to start with, you have to bear that in mind, is that towel exercise. The ability to take equal decompression off the front and the back, a little bit of traction through there to unload the whole thing gently in not in as extreme way as this and definitely with no compression like so but lying over that towel as we discuss there's videos on on, on, our, on our youtube channel uh, or on backinshapeapp.com of how to do this towel exercise to unload the spine the benefit of the towel exercise the number two well number one is that it will unload these structures and take pressure off this part here that you're naturally trying to take pressure off 
but also because the towel sits at the level of your pelvis, our little sort of the little hip bones, so to speak, those will square you off as well. You can't lie on the towel with it on, a, on an angle like that. You can only really lie on it with it being square because our hips should always be square and they will force you to lie over it in a straight way. So you'll find that it actually helps really square you off. And we did discuss using this um, in, in, in reference to our scoliosis live stream a good few months ago. It is a great way of squaring your body, putting it back into a neutral position and doing this for three to five minutes coupled with using ice immediately afterwards for three to five minutes or immediately after you're up. Now when you finish using the towel, you must roll off slowly. If you twist your back to get off the towel, you're going to go back to square one. You're not gonna really re-injure yourself, but it's gonna be pointless. So we have to make sure that we're very rigid rolling off. We've got videos online that you can watch to, to see how to do these this particular exercise, but it is a fantastic one for really working against that antalgic posture. And if you're in the back in shape membership site, you'll have seen we did the video with the hanging uh, a little bit more recently, um, gently, putting a little bit of stretch to the spine, that can also help. It's all about being gentle. Quite often people, for example, when they're in the clinic with this sort of trouble and, and, they, and we put them on the IDD table, the IDD decompression, to unload the spine, say, oh, make it stronger, make it stronger, make it stronger. And actually, sometimes, I, I think I referred to it yesterday on the live stream, softness beats force. A gentle targeted stretch, like with the towel, or like the one I, I, I discussed with the door frame, or a gentle decompression on the on the IDD table can really, really make a massive difference compared to just yanking it apart in a very aggressive and uncontrolled manner. And then also, you know, that's why I would not recommend you go and hang off a pull-up bar because the, it's, it's extreme pull and then it's extreme recompression. And we don't want anything that's extreme, especially if you're suffering with antalgic posture because you run the risk of making it worse. So if hopefully this has been helpful, giving you guys a bit of a guidance as to what it is, why it happens, and why you get into that antalgic posture in the first place, why it feels good, and why maybe it's not a good good idea to stay in that position. We're going to Q&A. Okay, awesome. Good morning, everybody. Yes, if you've got any questions, please do pop them in the comments. Um, Alex Vesco just said this is an absolute gem. I've never heard of such a lucid explanation of a back injury. Understanding what you've done Thank is you. so useful to getting a handle on your symptoms. Brilliant. Thank you, Michael. Yes, it's, um, you, you need to really know what's going on. Otherwise, how on earth are you going to fix it? Yeah. yeah. It's like going to a plumber and saying, oh, I need you to fix something in my house, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> and, you can't, and you can't have a look. You can't, it's in one of the bathrooms, <laughs> but we won't tell you which one it's in. You've got to stand on the drive and look at my house and, tell me, and give me a quote or, or tell me what I need to do to fix it. it. It's very difficult. We need to understand the problem. And then we can understand why we're doing what we're doing and why maybe some advice might not be so good. You know, knee hugs in this scenario are going to feel good. Uh, as they will be recommended time and time again, they'll be recommended on the NHS website, um, but they are going to be making the problem worse um, and they're not going to be produ producing a desired outcome for the medium long term. They'll just feel good while you do them. And can a similar thing happen in the neck as well? Yeah, you get people that sort of stuck off to the side in the neck. The thing with the neck is we, we neurologically, and uh, there's something called the somatosensory cortex, which is basically on our brain. It's the way in which we perceive certain areas of our body. And our hands occupy a large amount of space. That's why we've got such good two-point discrimination. We know where everything is in our face as well. And the neck has a very large um, representation in our brain of what's going on there. Whereas areas like our back don't, so we don't have as good a discerning or discriminating sensation of where exactly things are in our in our back so in the neck you will find you're an awful lot more restricted if you have this sort of thing in terms of the severity of the injury mm. and just a quick moment would ice also help both on the yeah, so it's, so, so it's worth making making the note that ice will help reduce the inflammation 
it'll help calm things down in that area. It is not a one-off solution. Often people say, I tried ice once and it didn't work. Well, try a diet for one day, it's not gonna work. Yeah. We have to do it consistently when it's severe, when we're having a severe flare, we might do it four, five, six times a day on off for the five minutes. We don't do it in one blast. You don't have three bowls of salad, you have a bowl of salad or whatever, or a healthy meal three times a day for a period of weeks. With the icing, we do it periodically for that five minutes, maybe more times in the day, but not just sticking on there for an hour because you won't feel anything and you'll probably give yourself frostburn. The thing to note with the icing is that you will feel stiff in the muscles afterwards. And therefore, immediately after doing the icing, we don't want to go for a run or do anything silly. We want to take the ice off, walk around some small, sort of walking around the house, maybe nothing too demanding. And then over the next 10 minutes or so, your body will return back to normal temperature. Your muscles will be happy again, and you won't have done anything aggressive uh, to cause any, any further irritation. Okay, brilliant. I'm just going to move on to Billy's question here on Facebook. Um, he said, uh, it's a question about core engagement. I'm finding when going through the phase two hybrid routine, dead bugs and marching bridges, I'm flattening the spine against the yoga mat when engaging my core, basically losing the neutral spine position. Is this a bad thing? Yes. Is the core engagement more important than the neutral spine? Good question. Uh, both are equally important um, there, Billy. Uh, it's, it's very important that we're getting both intact. Now, a little tip, and I've recommended this to a few people in the past uh, struggling, because actually, the, the the core engagement in phase one is just such a simple exercise, but it is so integral to the whole thing. We're looking to give you guys the ability to support your spine in the safest possible position to reduce the likelihood of future injuries by teaching you to engage that core while the spine's in neutral. Now, when you get into those phase two exercises, we're putting a bit of demand on that core and maybe it's not as strong as we'd like it to be. And that's why we're doing the exercises. One thing that helps is uh, obviously, Billy, you'll know about the towel, uh, but if you take a smaller towel and place that underneath your lower back whilst you're doing the marching bridges, in, sorry, the dead bugs in particular, you'll find that you will feel in your back if your back is lifting up and you're losing core engagement or if your back's flattening down and you're doing, you're trying, you're cheating essentially on the reps. Mm -hmm. um, you'll feel that and get that feedback. The towel will be a lot smaller. It's just there so you can feel if you're pressing or lifting. Not really there to lift you up the same way the decompression exercise uh, is is working. But that's a really good tip for anyone else that's struggling with that particular exercise, uh, even for the core engagement exercise and psoas in phase one uh, for the for all the basic members using a little towel we're talking about like that big maybe it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna push into your spine too much but it's just gonna be there you'll feel it so you get a secondary form of feedback we've got the mental feedback of i can feel it working inside me and then we've got our hands on so we can feel it working through our hands and then we've got the towel a small towel just underneath the lower back supporting the natural lordosis it's for a third point or third reference point so you can really start to understand and once you've got the stay once you've practiced with the stabilizers on so to speak we can start removing stabilizers but that's a really good one to, to help you do that exercise more effectively if you if you are beginning to flatten your um your lordosis onto the yoga mat doesn't mean that you're essentially doing a pelvic tuck in order yeah. to get that yeah. to get that core engagement yeah you're doing the pelvic tuck and and that's not translatory to standing upright the reason we're doing these exercises is so that you're more stable while you're standing and we're starting in a very easy position on the floor uh, the, if you're having to do a pelvic tuck or if you're leaning towards the pelvic tuck on the last couple of reps, then we need to work on, on that exercise to get ourselves a bit stronger because it's really shining a spotlight on some weakness that we have there and we have to work until we get that sorted out. 
that's a really really important one because a pelvic tuck standing is just squashing those discs tremendously and also stretching all these structures on the back in an inappropriate fashion okay awesome alex said he uses a tea towel for yeah dead tea towel is perfect yeah yeah we just i think we discussed that in the clinic um with alex okay it's a really good one awesome i mean i think i think that's it for today it was a really Great explanation. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I hope you, hopefully you guys found that helpful. Uh, if you're watching this after the fact, I know we've done this a little bit earlier today than usual. Um, so some of you guys might be tuning in maybe a little bit later yeah. and realize, oh no, I've missed the live Q&A. But post your comments in the comment section below anyway. We will be back tomorrow later in the day uh, with the live stream. Lara's going to pop that up on uh, the YouTube and on the Facebook. Yeah, probably. I'll get that up and running uh, in the next sort of 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, so, so, so if you are sort of, if you are new to the channel, please do hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell especially if you're watching this on youtube that way you'll get the notification generally it sends you a notification through youtube uh, about 30 minutes before we go live so at least you won't miss it uh, tomorrow and uh, i think that's pretty much it for today any other comments la superb from alex awesome i'm glad you found it helpful guys and uh, sorry if you did miss today's live stream post the comments anyway and we will get back to you guys uh, with some answers and some helpful guidance so hope you found it helpful have a great afternoon everybody and we will see you tomorrow with another live stream